everybody, I'm Frankie. And I'm Daniel. And welcome to our little propagated mini episode. Oh my god, it's a mini, guys. It's a fun mini, and it's my mini. You're gonna have to hear my voice. Daniel, guess what? What? We have such exciting news. No, you already know. <laughs> I just needed you to play the audience for a second. <laughs> We have such exciting news. We have a brand new website. You can find us at propagatedpodcast.com. And we have all kinds of fun stuff. It does not get easier than that. No, it does not. And it has about us. It has all kinds of ways you can support the show. It has merch. It has stickers and shirts and stuff. But we also have, speaking of supporting the show, we have a Patreon now which is very exciting and we're super stoked about because we're going to have all kinds of fun bonus content soon. I am working right now on a blooper mini, which is hilarious. Just going to be honest, it's already super funny. So yeah, maybe consider supporting the show. We know times are tough. So if it's a struggle, we totally get it. We're going to keep making free content for you because we love you. I mean, there will always be free content because... This is honestly a fun thing that we do. Even if no one was listening, we would still be doing this because it's fun for us. But on yeah. top of that, if you would like to see the quality of sound improve, or if you would like more content than what we currently put out, it's an option. And honestly, it's pretty accessible. Our plans start at a reasonable starting point, and it would be really cool to be able to expand this into something. And we want to do that for you guys as well as for ourselves, honestly. Yeah. And every single rating, review, telling your friend, all of that, it means the absolute world to us because it keeps us going and it keeps us stoked and it keeps us ready for the next episode. So. Absolutely. Anyways, hi. Oh, hey. How are you? How is the holiday season treating you? You know, it's a thing. And it's an it's okay thing. thing, but it's a thing. <laughs> and I'm fine. It's great. Okay, I have a question for you. What is your favorite holiday spice? My favorite holiday spice. Hmm. I guess probably cinnamon, which I know is like an Ooh. all the time spice, but also is like associated with the holidays. So I feel like cinnamon yeah. is probably my favorite. I would say ginger. And I feel like ginger is an all the time spice too, but like ginger snaps. Mm. Yeah. See, I do, oh, yeah. I do also love some ginger, but I feel like if I'm going to eat or drink something with ginger in it, it has to either be real ginger or, like, mm -hmm. a good ginger spice. Otherwise, it has this weird flavor that I don't love. Agreed. Agreed. But same with cinnamon. I don't like fake cinnamon. I mean, I can, I can get down with some fake cinnamon. Like, give me a big red. And <laughs> give me some red hots. Yeah. Some big red, some red hots. I'm into that shit. I'm into it. I'm sorry. All right, fair. I, no, I, it's fine. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is I love me some hyper-processed cinnamon flavor. <laughs> no no trees involved in this shit. <laughs> cinnamon bark, what's that shit? <laughs> okay, but this is propagated, so we can only talk about trees. Well, that's a lie, because, I mean, I guess I am kind of talking about trees, but <laughs> I'm also kind of talking about a parasite that lives on trees, so... <gasps> Ooh, what are you talking about? <laughs> We're going to jump right in. Let's, Let's do it. talk about Yule and a plant that has major importance therein. And that plant is mistletoe. Oh. Did you know 
that mistletoe is technically parasitic. Wait, really? Yeah. It like lives kudzu? Off, it not well, kudzu's not parasitic though. Oh. And it's not like parasitic as in the same sense as parasites. We're gonna get into it. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna get super into it, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Okay. But um anyways, we're gonna talk about fuck a mistletoe. I must start Sweet. by talking about the druids. Again, I know in our full episode, you all got to hear me talk about druids also, but we're going to talk a little bit more about them. The druids are like this priestly class in ancient Celtic society, and the druids celebrated the festival of Alban Arthuan. Probably pronounced that wrong, sorry, but that's also known as Yule. So, like, that's, like, the technical name for the Yule holiday, and it happens at the winter solstice. This day, the day of the winter solstice, that they gathered mistletoe from oak trees in a ceremonial manner. And this practice was described in the writings of Roman historian Pliny the Elder. Oh, I know Pliny. Whose real name was Gaius Plinius Secundus, and he existed from AD 23 to AD 79. I love Pliny. We should do a mini about Pliny. <laughs> I mean, do they talk a lot about plants? Because I don't know if that's... Oh, yeah. And <laughs> okay. medicine, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll do that. I'm into it. <laughs> so before we hop into some pagan shit, let's talk about the plant itself. So mistletoe is the common name for obligate hemiparasitic plants in the order Santalales. And I'm going to just go ahead and say that all of those words have a very solid chance of being pronounced poorly (laughs) and just absolutely wrong. And feel free to correct me because I like to actually know how to pronounce shit and I just don't. Yeah. But essentially they are attached to their host tree or shrub by a structure called the hostorium through which they extract water and nutrients from the host plant. So when I say that they're parasitic, that's what I mean. They don't, they don't like, they're not like orchids or air plants where they attach to a plant and are epiphytic and take water out of the air and live that way. They actually attach to the plant and extract water and nutri- nutrients from the plant itself. Oh, gotcha. So the name mistletoe originally referred to the species Viscous Album, which is European mistletoe of the family Santalaceae, maybe? which is also in the order of Santalales, maybe. It is also the only species native to the British Isles and much of Europe. A separate species, Viscum cruciatum, cruciatum, who knows, occurs in southwest Spain and southern Portugal, as well as Morocco, which is in North Africa and southern Africa. The genus Viscum is not native to North America, but the Viscum album was introduced to Northern California in 1900. The European mistletoe has like a smooth edge, oval, evergreen leaf that are born in pairs along the stem. Mm. And they're waxy with white berries that appear in clusters of two to six. Oh. East, the Eastern mistletoe of North America is similar, but has shorter, broader leaves and longer clusters of 10 or more berries. And so the eastern mistletoe is native to North America, which is known as Phoradendron leocarpum. Mm. 
and belongs to a distinct genus of the family Centalaceae. Maybe. I'm just going to start saying maybe after every Latin word I say because then they You're can't like, talk ish. shit. <laughs> ish. <laughs> but anyways, now that we have some of the plant specifics taken care of, I want to talk about the mythology of it because it's way more fun. And so the mythology is about where the kissing beneath the mistletoe came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me. I don't know. And the mythology is Norse in its origin. So the legend goes something like this. One evening, Baldur, who is a Norse god, had a dream in which he foresaw his death. The next day, he told his mother his dream, and she became greatly alarmed. For if Baldur were to die, not only would she lose her beloved son, but all life on earth would perish in darkness. Whoa. Yeah. That's intense. Intense shit. So Frigga immediately went into action to avoid such a catastrophe. She had all the known elements, air, fire, water, and earth, along she with... She was the airbender? Mm-hmm. Not the airbender. She, she was the avatar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it is avatar, the last airbender. I don't know why it took me so long to come up with that name, but there you go. Well, Cora was a waterbender, just saying. But come to Propagated for the Plants, stay for the Avatar <laughs> freaking <laughs> lectures. <laughs> anyway. I think references might be the better word for that. References, there we go. Well, I like to say lecture because it makes me sound professional. <laughs> I will happily do a whole series on Avatar the Airbender. And the only thing I ask is that I get General Iroh so we can talk about mm. teas because that's fucking dope. And he made me cry. Oh. He was my favorite character from the first moment I saw him. And I'm glad I picked him as my favorite because, whew, could have gone real wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm just going to start back from the beginning of this sentence because that was a wild ass little diatribe we did there. (laughs) I love our minis. We're like, hey, everybody, here's all of the things we're interested in outside of plants. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Um, She had all the known elements, air, fire, water, and earth along with all the known animals and plants, vow that they commit no harm to Balder. Unfortunately, unbeknownst to Frigga, her son had one enemy, Loki, the god of evil who knew one plant that Frigga had overlooked in her frenzy to keep Balder alive, and that plant was the humble mistletoe, which grew as a vine on both the apple and oak trees. Knowing of Frigga's oversight, Loki made an arrow with a tip hewn from the mistletoe he had gathered and and maliciously gave it as a gift to the blind god of winter, Hodor. Hodor, not Hodor. Hodor, that's Game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe that's where it came from, though. Who knew? Who knows? Maybe. I mean, okay, that now I kind of need to see if that's where that came from. Mental (laughs) note. Um. Knowing of Frigga's oversight, Loki made an arrow with the tip hewn from the mistletoe he had gathered and maliciously gave it as a gift to the blind god of winter, Hodor, who, not realizing what he was doing, shot the arrow and unwittingly struck Balder dead. <gasps> oh no, wait, he really died? Yeah. So just as Frigga feared, the earth darkened and all of Earth's creatures wept for her son. But as this is a folk tale, and we are dealing with gods and not mere mortals, 
Balder was miraculously bought, brought back to life. Mm, sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Frigga was overjoyed, and the tears she shed fell on the mistletoe, magically creating its characteristic white berries. From that day on, she declared that mistletoe would no longer be an agent of evil, but instead a symbol of love and peace, and that all gods and humans should kiss beneath its bows, should kiss beneath its boughs to commemorate her son's return. Oh, that is the cutest shit right? I've ever fucking heard. That I love is adorable. It. I love oh. it. So We're kissing beneath Frigga's tears. <laughs> oh god, that makes it so much more depressingly beautiful. I'm into okay, it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I love folklore. <laughs> folklore is just the best. Mm. So then it's really not much of a leap to see how this Norse legend, which celebrates love over death and destruction, made its way into European Christianity and pageantry, as both Baldur's mm-hmm. rebirth and Christmas celebrate the world's renewal and emergence into light. And essentially that's the story of mistletoe. It's a fun I love it. Cute little Norse story. So fun. That so cute. So fancy. I love. And you know, I as much as Frankie knows more about folklore than I do, I am also a huge stan of folklore. It's my favorite. <laughs> I don't know it's if great. I would say I know more. It's just like that's my hyper focus and I go down those tunnels. Like every time I get like just a glimmering morsel of folklore, I'm like, let me learn everything about this. <laughs> AKA you know more because I don't do that. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But you see, like, you do the history. You do that with history. You're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I'm going to go down this tunnel to learn everything about the context that this was put in. And me, I'm like, yeah, it was this date. Cool. Whatever. But honestly, I think I need to, like, do another dive into Celtic mythology because I don't really know that much about it. I've never really, like, looked through much of that. I know a lot about, like, Egyptian mythology and... Greek mythology, and by proxy of knowing Greek mythology, I know Roman mythology, just because I can. I know I remember the n- different names of it because really that's yeah. all it is is the bastardized Greek version of mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know much about the Celtic mythology and the Druids and the paganism there, and I really should. And I feel like that fucking shit's cool. We're definitely. I'm gonna write it down right now. We're definitely gonna do a mini episode on Yggdrasil and Nifogr. The world tree and the serpent. Well, that's Norse. Because that would be fucking cool. Yeah, that's Norse. But still, I love that. <laughs> Is it Yggdrasil? Uh, pronunci- pronunciation varies. I don't know. I've always said Yggdrasil, but up. I don't know if that's Yg- right or Yggdrasil. not. I don't know. Yggdrasil. One of the coolest projects I ever did in art school was um, we did this broadside, which is basically like kind of a poster made out of, like, we got to go and use the letterpress at the museum near the school. And it was, um, we picked, our theme was Yggdrasil and Nithogr, however you pronounce it. And um, one person did the cut, and then, like, we all, like, collaborated, and I got to write the poem and, like, the words that was on it. Oh, that's so cool. cool. Yeah, it was really fun. I love that. Yes, folklore, give it all to me. (laughs) Man, this mini is a true mini. Yeah. What else should we talk about? Let's talk about Christmas traditions or something. Okay. What? So, Frankie, since we're talking about the holidays anyways, and this is all holiday-centric, does your family have any maybe, like, unusual or 
kind of different holiday traditions? Um, not really. Like, growing up, my family were all musicians, and so we would play at church a lot around Christmas. And so, like, the biggest tradition growing up that I can remember is that we would, like, stay up on Christmas Eve and go look at lights and drive around in our pajamas, and then we'd get dressed and go to Midnight Mass or whatever the Methodist... I don't know. I'm not religious anymore. None of that sense <laughs> stuff makes sense to me. But um, we'd, like, go to, like, the midnight candlelight service or whatever, and it was always really beautiful. I liked all the candles. But um, now... My newest favorite tradition that I can't do this year is that all of my family lives in Albuquerque. And so going there and just spending like a whole week surrounded by family and like eating tamales and like shoving my face full of green chili because that's the only time of the year I can get it. That's like my new Christmas tradition. <laughs> I love that. That's like so anti-traditional Christmas that I'm super into it. But also I was born... I was, like, born and raised in the mountains of North Carolina, so traditional Christmas for me is a very different thing. Yeah, what does your Christmas look like? Well, you know, I grew up in a very religious household. Um, so essentially what happens is we always did, like, Christmas Eve, we would have, like, a decent dinner and sit around and, like, hang out. We'd always open one present on Christmas Eve, and then we would all go to bed. And being the greedy fuck that I am, I would always wake everybody up at like 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning because <laughs> I wanted to open all my presents. It's Christmas! Wake up! <laughs> so pretty much as soon as midnight hit, I was twitching in my bed and my dad told me I wasn't allowed to wake anybody up before 4 a.m. So I'd be awake at midnight, <laughs> sitting there for four hours watching the clock, waiting for me oh, to be no. able to go wake everybody up. <laughs> and then I would literally run through the house and wake everybody up and be like, it's fucking Christmas, let's go. Obviously it was like 8, so I probably didn't say fucking but definitely very <laughs> excited about it. Um, and then we would get up, and my parents, being the religious people that they are, the first thing we did was always read the Christmas story out of the Bible. And then we would pray, and then we would open presents. And then after that, everybody went to their own separate corners and played with their new presents. <laughs> it's like nice. a very, very modern American-style Christmas, really. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're starting a new Christmas tradition this year, which I'm really excited about. Speaking of plants, and this whole podcast <laughs> is about plants. Um, but we're, I've gotten really into like drying things. And so we're drying like a bunch of orange slices because I, I like, but have been researching like old, kind of old timey decorations. And so like you dehydrate and you dry orange slices and then hanging them up in the window. It is so freaking beautiful. They're and so I pretty. I can't wait to do it. I can't wait. There have have you seen dried orange, dried yes. orange slices in the window? Because they're like so pretty. They cast like such a natural, pretty glass like color on the floor, and it's so mm -hmm. nice, so nice. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing this week, and I'm gonna make some thumbprint cookies. Being in the spirit of being a podcast that is technically about plants, even though we talk about the socioeconomic <laughs> impact of plants more than anything else. Um, well, that's important. I made terrariums for my mom and my grandma this year. Nice. Yeah. They're probably going to die because I've never made them before, but we're going to see what happens. Well, send me a picture. I've made a million terrariums back when I worked at the flower shop, so I can help. Everything I found online says that pebbles first, 
activated charcoal second, yep. soil last, plants. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And one turned into more of a planter because I, in my infinite wisdom, I didn't really consider the fact that it had to be like a deep dish instead of like a shallow dish. And so the mm. lid doesn't fit on one because I'm like, oh, oh no. I got cute tall plants. So now it's just a planter that doesn't have holes in it. And I hope these plants don't die on my mom because she's just now getting into plants. And I probably just gave her one that's going to die. Oh, no. <laughs> just feel I like mom it, missed every day. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So Daniel and I just bought one of a notoriously difficult plants to keep up, the Calathea. And we both decided Is that how separately you say it? somehow. Calathea, what did you think? God, I feel like I just say everything wrong. I've always said Calathea. Calathea. Ooh, that's so fancy. I love that. That's how I've Calathea. always said it. Oh, I like that better. I'm going to do that. So we both. <laughs> <laughs> We both bought this fancy plant called Calathea, and she's a drama queen, and she needs a lot of filtered water and a lot of misting and all this stuff, and brown tips and brown spots and death are very common, but somehow separately we decided we were going to try this plant, and we both got the same plant, except they look a little different. So how's yours doing? It's not super happy with me. The fact that I decided to get the <laughs> notoriously difficult plant in the middle of my seasonal depression was probably self-sabotage on my <laughs> part. But, you know, it's hopefully it lives through the winter. It's not dead yet, but it's not happy. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. It's not dead yet. <laughs> That's something. Um, mine is doing fine. It has a couple of brown tips, but it also has three new leaves. So I'm like, hey, one in, one out. That's something. Fair enough. Dude, <laughs> my roommate got a croton. Croton? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to pronounce it. I always say croton, yeah. Those I feel like so we pretty. always pronounce things wildly differently. I don't know how that happens, but... <laughs> I mean, I'm from the Midwest and you're from the South. <laughs> Fair. I was telling her how all the plant groups that I follow and like all the like Facebook groups that I'm in that are just talking about plants and how to take care of them. Every single page I follow has a fuck croton day because apparently they're so fucking hard to keep alive. I mean, okay. Realistically, I feel like they're a greenhouse plant, not an in-house plant because humidity has to stay so high. 100%. Here's what I learned. So I had one that was small. They're easier to take care of if they're big. Like, I fostered a big one, and I never had to touch it. It was so fine. But I have a small one that completely defoliated. And then once I realized, like, oh, it likes super high humidity, I've been misting it all the time, and it's thriving. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like we both suck at daily activities like that. Because there are days yeah. where I'm not going to be okay with that. Where I'm just going to be like, I'm staying in my bed all day. And I don't give a damn if my fucking dance and I looks weepy. It'll Aww, be fine till tomorrow. I struggle sometimes. Like, I didn't water for two weeks this last time. And I usually, like, try to at least check in on everybody on Sunday. But I was, like, in such a depression two Sundays ago that I just couldn't do it. But luckily, everybody's fine. Everyone's fine. And I usually, like, missed every couple of nights. So... Just because it's habit. Honestly, I feel like 
most plants in this season aren't looking for anything more than bi-weekly watering because I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes when I kill plants in the wintertime, it's because I overwater because they're being forced into a hibernation period based on yep. the lack of sun that they're getting, which they would mm-hmm. normally not be dealing with in their tropical regions. So I think that my neglect is almost good for my plants sometimes. Absolutely. Like I have a giant philodendron that is just like happy as fuck right now because I'm like <laughs> watering it every other week and it's like, yeah, I'm sleeping, bitch. Don't drown me. So that's actually something really important to talk about because um, this time of year, like we'll talk about watering practices at some point, but the best thing to do when you're watering is physically touch the dirt of every plant you're watering, which I think we've talked about before, but you'll notice at times like this, when your heater is on high, but the sunlight is low, and it's kind of just like, eh, your plants will need watering less often. If you want to look at it from like a scientific angle, the reason plants consume water to begin with is because of the photosynthesis process. They need water to be able to transfer sunlight into sugar which is what they use to power their own systems that they use on the daily. So when you live in an area, which obviously, hopefully we have listeners that live in different parts of the world and might not have to deal with this as stringently as people who live in the Northern Hemisphere, specifically the United States, would have to deal with it. But if you live in an area that gets colder and has a severe lack of daylight during portions of the year, like my daytime today in western north carolina was maybe four hours four and a half hours of like decent daylight when you do that you're literally like your plants are literally not given the opportunity to photosynthesize as often as they would be so obviously the water intake that they need is going to be lower because they don't need water to power that process for them anymore so scientifically it just makes sense if you live in an area that goes through seasons and goes through a lack of light in the wintertime, your plants are not going to be able to process as much water as they normally would. Absolutely. And this year, I feel like I've leveled up as a plant parent this year. I feel so fancy. I bought some grow lights, and my plants have been loving it so far, so that's been pretty fun. And some part of me is like, well, maybe they do need to hibernate. But I'm like, listen, a grow light is never going to be as good as the sun anyway. So regardless, they're going to hibernate. And realistically, I feel like both you and I have a have an affinity for tropical plants. It's true. And most true. tropical plants don't naturally go through a period of hibernation because they live in an area where literally the amount of sunlight is pretty consistent around the fucking equator there's going to be some minute dips here and there but it's never anything significant like you were dealing with when you're in the middle of the map literally like you've got the fucking equator here and the top of the world here and where we live is almost dead center just a little south of the center you know it i mean it our plants aren't really used to that dip but I have found that if you keep plants long enough, they do get used to that dip and they get acquainted with it and then you have to abide by it after that. Yeah, which also brings us to another point that we've said before and we're going to say again a million times until everybody in the world hears it. If you have yellow leaves on your plants, that is totally normal. It's not like a, don't, don't panic, especially this time of year. If you have a yellow leaf, don't panic because the sunlight is less. 
and your plant is going to conserve energy and cut off bits of itself so that it can survive. Right. I feel like anybody who doesn't live in a tropical environment is going to have some plants that look a little leggy simply because you don't live in a fucking tropical environment. That's yeah. just the nature of it. It's unfortunate, but it's real. And there's no reason to throw yourself into a whole hissy fit because all of a sudden your plant's dropping some leaves. It's literally the nature of having plants that aren't living in their natural environment. I hate the word hissy fit so badly because it comes from hysterectomy, which or like hysteria. Like oh damn, is. I did not know that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's I okay. had no clue. <laughs> yeah, it's all the same. Women be crazy shit. Oh shit. <laughs> I literally would have, I would have never known that had you not just told me. <laughs> um, and that's on learning. I will not use hissy fit anymore. Yeah. Um, I feel like I had something else to say. Tropical plants. We were talking about tropical plants. Oh, that's the funny thing though, is my plants are like tropical plants and cacti. It's like desert and tropics. And so like, I honestly have two quote unquote biomes in my house and I have like my cacti in one window, and I have my tropical plants in another window. I mean, I love that. Pump the humidity in on one side, yep. keep it dry mm-hmm. as fuck on the other. Yep, exactly. I, I bought some rainbows, too, some, like, light catchers, and, like, there's just been rainbows in my house all day now, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> I mean, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes in the wintertime. Yeah. Just the seasonal do it. depression is real. Just it's sad. Do it. So we have super exciting news. We kind of announced it last episode, but we're going to announce it again. We have a website now, propagatedpodcast.com, and we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash propagatedpodcast, but you can also get there through our website, propagatedpodcast.com, and we have our very first Patreon. Yeah! Fuck yes. We really need to take a second to give extra thanks. Not that we don't love all of you. But to give extra thanks to the one person who has currently pledged as a patron to our cause, to our podcast, they are awesome. And, you know, I don't know that I can pronounce your username properly because (laughs) it's a lot. And it's great, but I think it's Germanutix, maybe. If it's not, maybe it's Germanutix. I really don't we know. Love you regardless, but regardless, <laughs> Sorry. currently, as we're recording this, you are our only patron, so you know who you are, and we appreciate you, <laughs> and we think that you are great, and we want everyone else to know that they are awesome and are yeah literally making it to where we can one day have a more professional setup, uh, more content for you. They're making it to where we have an awesome ability to do more for you in the future. And that is fucking dope. Yeah. And if you want to be shouted out on a mini, if you want to be heard, if you want to support the show, we know times are tough, so no pressure, but we would love to have you. Go ahead and join our Patreon. We'll shout you out. You And if you sign up before the end of January, you will get a free sticker and a letter of love from us. We really appreciate you. We couldn't do the show without you. I mean, the more support that we get through, even just if you go do a review real quick. I know if you listen on Spotify, they don't do reviews and that's totally fine. But if you shout us out even just to a friend, it means a whole lot to us and it helps us so much to be seen and be heard so that we can make better content and we can dedicate more time and all of that good stuff and we literally could not do this show without you 
So we appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. And before we get completely gone, I want to take a second to tell you how to reach us. Because it is very important that you have the opportunity to talk to us because I know sometimes it feels intimidating to talk to podcasters that you enjoy and love. I've been there. I've done that. But what I'm literally telling you guys is that we're both in quarantine and literally have a lot of spare time. So if you take (laughs) the extra time out of your day to reach out to us, be it on Instagram, which you can reach us at. Propagated Podcast. Or be it Twitter, where you can reach us at. Propagated Pod, because Twitter shortens username. Or be it Gmail, where you can reach us at. Propagated Podcast at gmail.com. Any avenue in which you want to reach us and talk to us and have a conversation, please do so because we love hearing from you guys. We, we love, love it. it. We want your suggestions for future shows. We want to hear your favorite plants. We want to hear plants you just bought. We want to hear any part of your day that made you happy or did something for you. Just fucking talk to us because it's fun and we'll talk back. The last time you got kissed under some mistletoe. Ooh, Ooh, a scandalous scandal. (laughs) We want to hear it. We love you guys and we really love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye, guys. Bye.